Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Hi, and welcome to this special edition of All Things Catholic. We are live here in Indianapolis at the Convention Center for the SEEK 2019 conference with focus with over 17,000 young people, college students, young adults, and people working in the church from all over the world. This has been an exciting event, and I'm, I'm thrilled today uh, to be able to bring to you uh, one of the speakers that's here who's become a friend over the last several years from our work in Theology of the Body. He is the former director, executive director of the Theology of the Body Institute. His name is Damon Owens. He's an international speaker and evangelist for over 20 years. He's currently the founder and executive director of Joy to Be. And after four years of being directory of the TOB Institute in Philadelphia and serving as the chairman of the 2016 International TOB Congress that I was blessed to speak yes, at there, uh, he, he's now going all around the country and around the world sharing the message of John Paul II's TOB, applying it to the lives of young people, those preparing for marriage, and especially those living in the married state. So, Damon, thanks for being with us on the show today. What a blessing. What a blessing to be a Sikh, be with you and see you, my old friend, and, and chat a little bit about TOB in the world. Yeah, what's been your experience so far here at the conference? I know you gave a session yesterday to all the men. Yes. What did, what did you talk about, and what was your, what, what's been your experience so far here? Yeah, beautiful, nice mix. And um, one, schedule-wise, I had the three talks yesterday, uh, which lets me spend the next few days really just mingling and taking in all the, the scenes and sounds. But I had the, um, the men's session in the morning, and really it was an exhortation, you know, kind of uh, session, first men's session, and I had about a half an hour to remind um, the brothers really of just um, the work and the war that we have. Shared, shared my story uh, that I'm sticking with about how the, the Lord really met me in a place in college where I was far away from him and all the temptations, sexual and, and identity about what being a man is. And so our session really there was uh, identity rooted and uh, restored and uh, revealed in Jesus Christ. So uh, that was a, the, a beautiful time to laugh and to encourage young men to, 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 encourage, to hear what God is asking them to do. Then had a wonderful session uh, over lunch to talk about natural family planning, which is really at the root of uh, my ministry work, going back on my two, two and a half decades. And I was at, I was floored by the number of young people, men and women, who came to, to hear about natural family planning. We're not used to those kind of crowds when we teach at NFP, but it was beautiful. And then uh, ended the day with um, uh, an opening of theology of the body itself, what it is, what it says, what it means. So had a rich day, had rich sleep, and now I get a chance to absorb all the beautiful people here at Seek. It is a wonderful thing, right, to meet these thousands and thousands yes. of young people who are on fire for their faith, and they want to learn about TOB. They want to learn about natural family planning. You know, that, that's what we see out in the world today. Many people are like, why are you teaching me this NFP? Let's just do contraception. What's the big deal here? And, uh, and, and to be able to be with an audience uh, of these great young people, it's, such a, it's so encouraging for us, especially in these difficult, troubled times of the church, to see that the faith is alive in young people. When well, I call it the heat. Present. So anytime time you're around the heat, you can get a little warmth, you can yep. encourage your own <laughs> bones, you know, so it's good to be around the heat. Exactly. Well, what I want to talk to you about today is I want to go back to something where I remember two summers ago, you and I were both at that big congress in Orlando with the U.S. Bishops mm. Conference, yes. uh, all on missionary discipleship, where they were gathering all the bishops with all of their key diocesan and parish leaders. They had 5,000 people gathered in Orlando, and it was an amazing event, all trying to live out the new evangelization and missionary discipleship. But you and your wife gave a wonderful presentation. <laughs> uh, to, to, it, was a, it was a keynote to the whole, whole general assembly there. 
And it's one of the things I really appreciate about both you and I've gotten to know your wife a little bit mm-hmm. is not just the joy you bring to the teaching of TOB, but also just the realism of it and, and just how profound it is in, in making a difference in our lives. And you shared about how the question of contraception was a big issue for you. You weren't always convinced of the church's teachings of right. contraception. Uh, and, and over time, you, you came to see its beauty, and, and it really transformed your own marriage. And I love just how you just opened up, uh, honestly, about where you all were in your marriage and what it's done for your life in embracing Humana Vitae. So tell us a little bit about that story. I know everyone, there's a number of people listening out live that would love to hear it, and certainly the, the people on the podcast, I know, would be blessed by this story. Well, I think the, the, the good and the bad, the sad and the, and the joyful is that our story is, is all too common with folks who've been in college and have adopted identities and, and, and activities. But basically, I came to college and went to Brown undergrad of a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. And at that time, those four years there was a, was a time where I, I was not prepared to, to defend the faith and even what it meant to be Catholic, I just something I, I grew up with. So I really lost my faith. I lost my faith, uh, not in an angry way, not over theology, not over anything, but really around relationships, sex, um, identity, what does it mean to be a man, those kind of things. So the story that we shared with the bishops was sort of that five-year mark of uh, going through undergrad. And Melanie and I, my wife now of 25 years, uh, had met in graduate school at the University of California, Berkeley. And by the time we met, we both had very rough undergraduate experiences, sexually, in terms of our faith. And, um, but we were, you know, a little on the older side in terms of college, 22, you know. But we were open for, for something that neither of us knew we were prepared for. And God brought us together in a way that uh, even in our brokenness, he brought people into our lives that after several months of trying to live that same, uh, you know, undergraduate, uh, highly sexual relationship, we really came to an end. And sort of the, the funniest part of the story is the way that God had to work with me, because I do a lot of humor, was uh, you know, this, this sort of cocky language that came out talking to Melanie, like, you know, what if, what if we stopped having sex, you know? But it wasn't a proposal. <laughs> by no means was it a proposal. It was one of those, like, let's have a, a graduate school latte conversation about something deep, you know? Let's talk about something. And it turned out that he just tapped into her heart. And the story I tell is true, she cried. She didn't answer me when I asked that question. I thought we'd have a, a deep conversation. She cried. And it opened up just a, a uh, I call it the sweet agony of love because uh, I saw in her eyes and in her heart that she saw me as a man that I wasn't yet. And uh, I wanted to be. And the real story, the heart of this that I wanted to share, and we did share with the bishops and with, with thousands of people really in marriage prep, is God meets you where you are. And he meets you where you are, but he, he draws you out when he sees your heart as opposed to accusing your heart. Another great T.O.B. theme, right? That the heart is always called by God. And it hurts. It hurts to see how weak and how broken you are and how much you lack. But at the same time, he gives you this beautiful vision of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. But more importantly, and back to the ministry, what it means to be a son, what it means to be a daughter. And to be loved that way just opens up a whole world. So she cried at that moment. That's she the last cried. thing you were expecting. No, no, no. No, no, no man wants to see a woman cry because you know you're in so trouble. What did, what did she say then? Well, you know, she, she, um, she cried literally for 10 minutes. And it was long, like sobbing. And finally she just said, yes, yes, let's stop. And I'm looking at her like, yes, what? You know, let's what do you mean, stop, stop having sex. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, that would kill us. That would, that would ruin our relationship. Everything would be gone. What are you talking about? We're Catholic, I know, but we have the Damon and Melanie exception. You know, we have that, <laughs> that love thing that nobody else in the world has because I was, thought we'd have this big conversation about that, but she had just a broken heart that 
she finally found a, a safe space. And this is decades looking back at what happened that night. This stuff was happening quickly as it was happening. But I'm looking and she just says, no, it's, it's, something's wrong. Something's not right. It wasn't theology. She didn't have language. I didn't have language. It was just, this isn't right. We need to do something different. We need to stop. And it took a lot of convincing for me, like hours. And finally, I, was, I, I honestly was thinking uh, that I, I don't have to stay for this. I was thinking, there's 40,000 people at Berkeley. That means at least 20,000 women. So in my 22-year-old mind, I'm thinking, well, gee, do I take the hard road here, or do I keep going and decide later to sort of man up you know, and live the faith? And the thing that really turned it over was looking in her eyes. It's, it's, there's no looking in her eyes. There was no way I could walk away. I love this woman, and I wanted to love her the way that she knew she needed to be loved, and she knew that I could love her. And that was a pivotal moment for us. That changed our relationship. It took, gosh, it took months for us to actually stop. He's talking about keeping it real. But when we actually did stop, it was because we met a priest. We had joined the local parish in Oakland, California, that we together going to Mass. Not even married. First Catholic girl I ever went to Mass with. This is how mm. far away from the church. And it was awkward sitting next to her in the, you know, the, during the Mass and, you know, and all that. But we, uh, we entered a community. And we looked at it with a new lens. It wasn't, we're going to follow this rule so we can be good and God will love us. It wasn't like that. It was, we need to find a way that we can really love each other the way that we want to love each other. What was it, if your wife were here, what would she say? You know, looking <laughs> back now, 25 years or more later, but what was it that made her cry? Why, why was she so sad? What made her want to stop having sex? I think she was, it was a desperation. I mean, she had some really bad relationships undergrad, and she saw in me, she saw in us a hope. She saw something different. She saw renewal. She saw, and she uses the phrase, you know, when I looked at Damon, I just, I just knew I could trust him. I could be safe with him. She uses those, those kind of really human words that resonate with everyone. And so it wasn't really explicitly religious. She would say, um, I saw something in us that we had to live, protect, or I'm going to go back into my shell and just just forget the whole world. I mean, it was a desperation. Mm. So hers wasn't a, please, Damon, please, let's, it wasn't at all. It was a, I'm, I'm done. And it was up to me to say, I'm with you. Stop. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, she, and, and just in her own in, in intuition and feminine genius, I'm sure, just had a, a deep sense of, if we keep going, this beautiful thing that we, that is a potential for us, you know, this could be very different than any other relationship I ever had before. This, this, we could lose it all. You know, that, we'll that, we'll that, fall into the path of use, and it'll just be like all the other relationships. Is that? You know, I think if, if she were here, and I'm projecting after you know three yep. decades with her, I think she would actually speak more to the negative than the positive. I think it took a while for her and us to see the upside of, wow, what could we have? You know, what I think it was more of just it was so so much hurt in her heart. There was so much um, disappointment. There was so many you know, romantic relationships that had just hurt her. So it was more of just, I'm done, and a retreat. And it was about rescuing her from that shell my beautiful, introverted, beloved, you know, hides into when she's hurt. Uh, I think she would have talked more about the hurt, and it was just, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't have an answer. I just know this is not working. Mm. So that's where the grace comes in, of people that would come into our world, into our life, that could start to show us that, that upside beauty you were just talking about. What advice would you give to the many young people that are here at the conference or some listening in right now as we're outside? What advice would you give to them if they're in relationships or they have friends that are in relationships that are not chaste? 
give him this experience, what advice would you give them? Yeah, you know, that's the, 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 the double-edged sword of, of Melanie and my story. Uh, most of the couples that we worked with, and we really, we've worked with over 20,000 couples in marriage engagement, preparation engagement, and the reality is that most of these relationships don't last. The reality is that, that, that most of them just don't survive the epiphany and the awakening of, of, of the need to be chased. But you, it can survive. But what it needs is, the, is both the, the man and the woman in the relationship to make that decision that there's something greater than, than what we've had. And the willingness to look to God and to ask God for that. Um, so that's the key to me. And I would say my advice is uh, search your heart, not only in the wounds of, of what's disappointed you and what's hurt you, to know that you need to make a change, but never lose the hope and a real hope that says, I am made for more, that I am, in fact, created for a love that my heart desires. And it may not be fulfilled in a woman or in a man. It probably won't, being married 25 years. But the, the, the state of life leads you to the love that God wants to fill you, that God wants to fulfill for you. So it's hope, but at the same time, it's clear eyes to see that right now what's required is the love that I really know that I deserve in my heart. Mm. I want to fast forward the story and address one other topic, because I know this, again, was another big one, is the topic of contraception. Mm, again, yes. this isn't something that you grew up, like many of these young people have heard of theology of the body, they've heard the teachings, and many of them are excited about the teachings on Humanae Vitae. That was not the case for our generation. No, no, no. <laughs> and they not the case for most people today. Yeah. You know, I think the focus folks here are quite unique in that level. But tell us your story. How did you, how did that become an issue for you? When, when did you embrace it and why? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I love that there's a, a life and love track here at the, at the Sea Conference for lunchtime, because in our case, that's where all of this was intertwined. When Melanie and I came to really work, uh, two and a half years actually, uh, we were chased and meeting with the priest and, and two and a half years before we were married, we were able to uh, really restore a brand new relationship with chastity. That opened our eyes up to contraception. That opened our eyes up to you know, the, the inseparable link between uh, an unchaste life and the need for contraception, right? So when that was separated, then we were able to see actually we were on a, on a corner in front of an abortion clinics, not because we were angry, but because we wanted to, to, to counsel and to pray. That opened us to another life issue. So the contraception question for us came really through natural family planning. We were preparing to be married in 1992, and in our Engage Encounter weekend, a couple came and you heard for the first time, Melanie and I both grew up Catholic, never heard the phrase natural family planning until this couple uttered it on our marriage preparation, and we were so curious that we took the course. And when we took the course, it was, I remember the very first class. I remember it. You know, I'm an engineer recovering, you know, after all these years. Mm -hmm. But I love the order and the science and the, just how things worked. And when we started to see how the body works, particularly the woman's cycle, it really, and as God is my witness, it was a wonder. It was a fascination with what God has put in here. And that turned later into really a repulsion of what contraception is. So we, we went at it through the experience, and it wasn't later till Humana Vitae, and the theology gave us mm. the language and the understanding of just how evil this is. So our lived experience about, man, why would you do that? It's like going to a banquet and seeing what food actually looks like, and then somebody <laughs> handed you a three-day-old burger, you know, like <laughs> from Burger King, and you're like, is that even food? You know, it's food product, you know? <laughs> So the natural family planning opened us to this, this, this realm of fascination and wonder, which then opened our hearts to be able to see what, why God did that. Why did God create 
such a, a fantastically wonderful, complex, but knowable uh, truth about our sexual powers. So that, see, that, that really is the heart of it. So contraception for us has never been, once we've got past the chastity, was never a temptation for us. It was more of a, of a call to share the beauty of natural family planning, not that you would say, I will never use contraception, but you would turn around and you would say, why would I ever use contraception? Mm. It's interesting, in both cases, the story about premarital sex and the story about contraception, it, it, first came, it first came to you not because of a reading of a book or hearing right. a, a talk, it was just more experientially having a sense life would be better without, with, without these things. Mm-hmm. And then you came to understand the why. What would you say mm-hmm. to someone if you just met them on the plane and they heard about what you do and they said, why does the Catholic Church teach contraceptions wrong? That's just so silly. Yeah. What would be your what would be your short little elevator speech to them about that? Yeah, I'm one of those weird people that, that look forward to conversations like that. I, <laughs> I love telling people, "What do you do? I teach theology of the body." Oh, what's that? Gotcha. You know, what I, <laughs> I love that. But um, to me, it's about finding that that connection. What is it that people want? Because the universal desire of the human heart is love, even when you've been broken and you've been hurt. People step up and they want it again. And it's amazing. So my question would always be: If someone challenged like that, I'd say, "Well, because the, the church honors love." We really believe in love. Well, well so do I. What, what, well, you know, certain love requires a certain kind of act. It's the entrance way to allow not the prohibition of what you cannot do, but the path to what you really desire. And then where would you go with that? So, I would say, that but was, hey, but you know, my wife and I, we love each other, and we, we just want to have more time together, so we don't want any more kids. So we just, you know, we use contraception. What's the big deal? That's love. Yep. So for me, because I really do want that evangelization moment, I need to know more about them. I need to know, are you, are you Catholic, and, and how do you view your faith? Are you Christian? Maybe you're Protestant, evangelical. Maybe you're not, you're an atheist, an avowed atheist. Maybe you're just laxed and fall off, because that's the handle. Once we know where people are, then we can lead them to what the church's, church's beautiful teaching is, which is basically, love is so beautiful that you need to lay your life down for it because it's worth it. So as a Catholic, we abhor, it's an intrinsic evil, because I promised on that altar to my wife to be a free and total and faithful and fruitful self-gift. That's actually what the wedding vows mean. And that night or that week when our honeymoon, we consummated our marriage, we said that same vow in the language of my body. I give myself to you, Melanie, freely, totally, faithfully, and fruitfully. And I would never put anything in between that. I would never meter that. I would never lie about that. And the bottom line is that contraception, acting against the beginning of life, is a contradiction speaking against the very vow of love that I made to my wife. I would never touch it. Oh my goodness, why would you? So it's the it's the way of getting at the rebuke without without the accusation to their heart. That's really what's going on in my head when the language and the word comes out. But I don't have a formula. It's more of just breaking through the barrier of looking people in the eye and saying, you know, it not only does it get better, you deserve better. Mm, amen to that. Let me, so one more follow-up there. So again, I just picture that person on the plane, and, and they just, but what if they push back on that a little bit? And they're just like, what, well, how am I withholding love or co- making a contradiction? I mean, yeah. I, I love her, you know, and, and the sexual encounter helps deepen our relationship. Yeah. So what, who cares if there's a condom where she's on a pill? We don't even really notice anything. What's the big deal? See, first of all, you and Ted, we're from a different generation, right? So it, we, we went through those days where Humana Vitae was a fist fight, right? When any time contraception came up, people were ready to, to, to battle around that. Nobody's like that anymore. Right now, uh, Christopher West said it best. He says, right now, contraception, whether it's the pill or a condom, it's like toothpaste and deodorant. For oh, most yeah. people. It's just, it's just it's a choice. And it's not even a comment. Almost, they're almost wondering why you're even bringing it up. 
in marriage prep now, couples are wondering, like, why are we talking about contraception? It's like... Listen, I've been using it since... Well, not even that. It's seventh just, grade. <laughs> it's just... Well, yeah, no, seriously. Between, you know, dysmenorrhea, with periods, irregular right. cycles, it's getting prescribed at 13, 14, 15 yep. years old as a remedy to discomfort. So the idea that it's used as contraceptive, people aren't talking about it. So the new generation is not like ours, where it's a, it's a fight on ideology or philosophy. Right now, it's about lifestyle. It's more of a curious, like, well, what's wrong with contraception? So there's more openness to the dialogue. So I don't get the same kind of pushbacks except for somebody with some intellectual argument. The more pushbacks I get are, um, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And as long as it's not, you know, my, my tone and my language is not a direct attack on them, it really becomes a, 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 like, I've never heard that before. Well, then what about, and then it becomes the exceptions. Then it moves to the exceptions. Well, what about if, uh, you know, uh, the Africans with AIDS who, you know, can't <laughs> do, th- I mean, you get these wild, you know, one-off, 1% ones, but it's, it's more the curiosity. It's, I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating even as we approach the topic in groups in marriage prep or, you know, one-on-one in an airport or something. It really is about people just never hearing the case for the connection between contraception and the love of their hearts. And there's more of an openness and curiosity, as you say, it is. in this, this younger generation. Which makes it fun. Yeah. It, it makes, makes it fun. It makes it fun. Well, it's been fun having you here at the SEEK conference and having you here on the show. So thank you. Thank you we are friend. live on location in Indianapolis here at the SEEK 2019 conference. I'm with Damon Owens. And Damon, if people want to learn more about your ministry, where would they go? Well, yeah. Tell us a little about it. If you type joy or D- and Damon Owens in this video, you'll find our website, our ministry, joy2be, J-O-Y-T-O-B.org. And Melanie and I are really focusing this beautiful gift of theology of the body, leading with the melody of joy in order to help marriages and families to live out their great call. So joytob.org. All right, check that out, joytob.org. I want to have you back. We're going to to pause here. My wife is on the outside, and we're going to bring her in for the next episode, and we're going to chat a little bit about the realities of marriage, not just the oh dear. the big theology and the abstract, <laughs> well, theology is great and it's all about self-giving love, And but you do a lot also on just the real challenges oh, in, yeah. in marriage, and I'd love to ask your questions, and she'll add some great insights into it as well, but we're going we're gonna to pause here for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you have any questions or comments, you can always reach out to me on my website, edwardsree.com, and you can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless.